Good evening from Israel and welcome to the Middle East Forum's webinar and podcast series featuring talks from Middle East Forum projects. My name is Ashley Perry. I'm advisor to the Middle East Forum Israel office and I'll be moderating this discussion today. The format of tonight's discussion will be a 15-minute interview followed by 15 minutes of Q&A from the audience. Should you wish to ask a question, please use the Q&A box located at the bottom of the screen screen to type your question. And now I'm pleased to introduce our guest today, Yoni Ben Menachem, an Israeli journalist and a senior researcher at the Jerusalem Center for Public Affairs to discuss as the Gaza border heats up. Um, with your permission, uh, Yoni, I'd like to ask the first question. With the return okay. of March, with the return of marches in Gaza to the border with Israel, including the murder of uh, Barak Shmueli, and a resumption of incendiary balloons. How far do you see the escalation rising? Could we be on the eve of another fully-fledged conflict between Israel and Gaza? Uh, definitely. As we speak, there are uh, riots going on on the border of Gaza with Israel, and the uh, chief of staff, Aviv Kochavi, just a few minutes ago, uh, issued a statement warning that if these uh, riots will not stop, we are going uh, for another round of fighting. Uh, in uh, Gaza. So when this uh, declaration or statement comes from uh, Chief of Staff Kohavi, uh, that means that it's a very serious, uh, complicated situation. Thank you. Um, well, with that being said, uh, what do you think? Only a few, you know, we're only a few months on uh, from a major operation, a major conflict between Hamas uh, and Israel. What do you think are the aims of Hamas at this point to escalate the violence? Because it's clearly coming from the Hamas side. Uh, definitely, it's not only the Hamas. Actually, this position is uh, adopted by all the Palestinian factions in the uh, Gaza Strip, uh, as far as uh, Islamic Jihad, the Popular Front, uh, even the factions that belong to the PLO. Uh, they are all adopting this position. Actually, what is happening now, as far as they are concerned, they are also saying it publicly, is the continuation of the war that started in the 21st of May, uh, which they call Seif uh, al-Quds, uh, the sword of Jerusalem. Uh, we call it in Hebrew, Shomer uh, HaChomot. So this is an ongoing war. Uh, and uh, the aim of this war is uh, of course in the name of Jerusalem is to uh, uh, bring the lifting of the siege which is imposed on, on Gaza. Uh, their immediate uh, demands are that Israel immediately will transfer the, the, the money from Qatar. Uh, we're talking about uh, $30 million a month uh, in cash. Uh, and also that Israel will allow uh, constructions materials to go into uh, Gaza through the passages and uh, um, they want the, the Israel to return this, to the same situation that was on the eve of the war of the last war uh, on May 21st, uh, returning to the old status quo. Israel is objecting, of course, these demands because uh, Israel was attacked uh, by Hamas. Uh, we remember in the day of Jerusalem, the, the rockets on Jerusalem and, uh, and then the war. And uh, Israel uh, sees or, or demands a linkage between the uh, reconstruction of Gaza and between the returning of the uh, four Israeli um, prisoners and the uh, 
that are held by Hamas. And uh, of course, they rejected. They said this is a separate uh, matter that is not connection. There's no connection to the uh, renovation of Gaza. So uh, we are in the same uh, situation as we were before the war started. So what you're saying is that they're trying to improve their conditions of the ceasefire. Um, I think I think they're trying to impose the new rules of game on Israel and uh, not allowing Israel to change the rule of the game. So uh, we, this is the actual story. Um, from my understanding, the money from the Qataris is going to be passed through the UN uh, tomorrow. Do you think this will make any difference? <laughs> there is, you know, this is a joke uh, because uh, once this money goes to the families, uh, what they call the needed families of Hamas in, uh, in Gaza, uh, 100,000 families, uh, each family gets $100. Of course, Hamas uh, takes commission from this money. So we didn't do anything by changing the, uh, the system of transferring the money. The money still will get, go to Hamas. Some of it, at least. Right. So you're saying that they, the, the main point here is to make sure that they get better conditions, uh, greater deliveries from the outside, and returning to some of the conditions uh, we saw before the last uh, operation. That's the main point of this. It's not necessarily to escalate into a full conflict or full war. It's just to try and bully Israel into better conditions or to returning to previous conditions. This is a blackmail. You know, they put a gun to your head and you say, these are our demands. Either you obey or we start a war. So uh, actually, it's a declaration of war. I don't see anything. Uh, this is the same system of Hamas blackmailing Israel. They blackmailed the Netanyahu government. And now they're blackmailing the Bennett uh, government. And even if it comes to the point where Israel is again uh, launching regular attacks against the Gaza Strip, you think this will not deter them? Look, what is needed is a strategic decision of the government uh, about the future of, uh, of Gaza. This situation cannot go on for many years that every few months we have another round of fighting uh, with Hamas for a few days, and then uh, the United States uh, intervene, or Egypt, and uh, mediations, and the UN, and, uh, and uh, we find some sort of a temporary arrangement, and then we go back to the same circle of violence. This is going for years. At some point, the Israeli government has to decide what does it want from Gaza Strip. And, uh, and take a strategic decision about Gaza. And this is not being done by, not by uh, Bennett's government and not by Netanyahu's government. Okay, looking a little bit uh, further afield, do you think Hamas has been buoyed by the route of Afghanistan by the Taliban? Is there any specific coordination, cooperation between the two ent entities? First of all, there is coordination that, uh, that started right after the war in Gaza uh, was ended. Uh, two months ago, uh, Ismail Haniya, the head of uh, Hamas, the leader of Hamas, he met in, in Doha, in Qatar, with the leaders uh, of Taliban, uh, with uh, uh, Abdelghani uh, El-Bardar, uh, he's the senior uh, Taliban figure, 
And uh, of course, the Taliban supported uh, the war uh, that uh, Hamas uh, opened with Israel, launched the, uh, the rocket uh, attack on Israel, and what, and what followed. So uh, there are connections between Hamas and, and, uh, and Taliban. Uh, what is changed in Afghanistan is that uh, ISIS now is in the picture and uh, they are also fighting against the Taliban. And uh, the, the absurd situation is that uh, now uh, the United States uh, wants to, uh, the Taliban on its side against ISIS and even uh, there are reports that William Burns, the head of the CIA, he met with the Taliban leaders a few days ago in Qatar. Uh, to coordinate uh, uh, the war against uh, the ISIS terrorism. So the uh, situation uh, is changing rapidly in Afghanistan. Nobody knows what will happen. But uh, I think these are very alarming uh, signs that we get from Afghanistan because obviously the uh, terror organizations, Palestinian terror organizations uh, such as Hamas and Islamic Jihad are encouraged by the victory of, uh, of Islam or Jihad on the United States in Afghanistan. And uh, this is a lesson for them to follow this uh, path uh, while they are dealing with Israel. So uh, this is, I think, what happened in Afghanistan is a big encouragement for the Hamas and the Islamic Jihad. Do you think, I, I'm always uh, interested in this question because for many of us in Israel and even around the world, we see Hamas as a pest, as a terrorist organization, but not one that can you know, clearly destroy the state of Israel or really be a threat to the state of Israel in any way. But the Taliban perhaps is an inspiration, whereas if you hold on and you have perseverance and stamina and steadfastness, samud, that eventually you can beat someone with a firepower far, far greater than yourselves. Do you think Hamas really believe and they say they can destroy the state, uh, the state of Israel and will what happened in Afghanistan really give them that much more hope than they had let's say a week or two ago? Of course, uh, actually they believe, uh, I think more in the Sumud, as you mentioned, and more, uh, more than uh, the Jihad. Uh, it's, it's enough, they say. The lesson of Afghanistan is, is that they have to stay uh, on the land, not to give any inch of the Palestinian land and, and they stand Israeli pressures and they will win. Uh, in the end, uh, this is the main lesson uh, from the experience in Afghanistan. And uh, they are adopting uh, what, what has been already adopted in the uh, Hamas uh, charter and uh, the ideology of Hamas is not something new. All these terrorist organizations, they share the same Islamic ideology of jihad and, and sumud, and uh, there's actually no difference uh, between them. And also, it's, we're not talking about uh, the Sunnites uh, terror organization, also the Shiites, it's Hezbollah and uh, the Houthis in Yemen, and uh, who are Shiites also, and the um, Iranian, pro-Iranian militias in Syria and Iraq, all of them and share the same ideology of jihad and uh, um, this is the Islam, both Sunnites and Shiites against the state of Israel. With that, with that in mind, and especially as, as, as you said, that, you know, that Hamas really does believe that uh, eventually it can defeat Israel, as the Afghanis did with the West, uh, uh, Taliban did with the West in Afghanistan. 
what do you believe that Israel's response should be to the escalation, especially, as, as you said, only a few months uh, since the end of Operation Guardian of the Walls? Uh, as I told you, I don't believe in this uh, strategy of, uh, of rounds of fighting in Gaza every few months or every year or two years. We need a strategic decision about the future of the Gaza Strip and the future relationship between Israel and the Gaza Strip. Once the, there will be a government in Israel that will take this strategic dec decision and will uh, uh, paint this road, new roadmap in Gaza and what to do with Gaza, then we know where we're heading. Right now, it's a full confusion. We don't know what we're doing. We're just uh, in the momentum of, uh, of uh, rounds of fighting in Gaza without no uh, strategy. Can you, I'm just going to push you a little bit on that. Can you give some examples of what you would recommend this or any Israeli government? What steps should the Israeli government take to, let's say, defeat Hamas, to ensure that there isn't this cycle of violence, that this doesn't happen, escalation every few months and we go back to the status quo? What should, can you, can you name some practical uh, steps that you would recommend to the Israeli government to ensure that perhaps uh, you the know, next round I, is the uh, last round? I, I will recommend, but I don't think they will accept my uh, point of view or my suggestions because uh, this is basically a political decision. The problem that this government, Bennett governments, and also the previous government, uh, uh, Netanyahu government, they didn't want to take bold decisions about the future of Gaza because of the price in human life of the IDF soldiers that uh, will have to pay, Israel will have to pay a very heavy price to, to try to solve this uh, complicated situation in Gaza. I personally believe that Israel should reoccupy uh, the Gaza Strip uh, and then control it for a few months and, uh, and destroy all the terror infrastructure. This is a, a big process. Uh, because these infrastructures uh, were built for, for many years, uh, actually from uh, 2007 when Hamas took over the Gaza Strip. We're talking about tunnels uh, and uh, rockets factories, uh, all sorts of things. Uh, we will have to clean uh, everything and destroy all the infrastructure and then uh, not stay in Gaza Strip. We will have to uh, deliver uh, the occupied Gaza to, uh, I think uh, that we should deliver it to the Palestinian Authority, uh, make uh, Abu Mazen, uh, Mahmoud Abbas uh, take control again over Gaza Strip and uh, uh, demilitarize the uh, Gaza Strip. This will be the condition, uh, maybe to bring in international forces or to supervise uh, what is going on in Gaza, I think this is the only way that will uh, give us quiet for, for a few years. Uh, this is, uh, as I told you, uh, a big decision. I don't think that uh, this fragile government today uh, can take uh, this uh, kind of a decision. We need a strong leader. We need the uh, support of, uh, uh, of the other parts of the coalition. We need the support of the uh, US administration uh, for such a strategic move, but there's no other um, alternative. I don't see any other alternative because you cannot coexist with uh, Hamas. This is uh, something that uh, has been proven. Thank you very much. I'm gonna now move on to some questions uh, from the audience. 
Um, this is from Carrie uh, Hillebrand. Are the IDF retaliations of significant military value? Or are they primarily intended to appease the Israeli public? Look, the IDF response, you know, the IDF he, he carries out the orders of the political echelons. And this is, you know, this is a, a game which is known. Uh, they uh, attack us and Israel retaliates uh, and uh, the IDF uh, airplanes uh, bomb uh, targets in the Gaza Strip. Uh, these are empty targets. Nobody is in them. The Hamas knows the game. They flee, flee the scene before the attack and nothing is happening. So this is a known scenario. Uh, it's not effective at all, in my opinion. Uh, following on from that, we have a question from Carl Goldberg. Why does Israel not punish Hamas severely enough so that they stop their war against Israel? What do you mean to punish them? Punish them. I didn't get the question. Uh, uh, why does Israel not punish, I guess, attack them more severely uh, enough so that they stop? Like why, the, I, I guess the question is, why does Israel not take far more extreme measures against Hamas so that the war against Israel will, will be ended once and for all? As I tell, as, as I, I think that these measures, as I said before, are not enough uh, to deter uh, the Hamas terrorists. What is needed is uh, the change of tactics and methods. And uh, um, Israel is refraining for a long time from the targeted killings. Uh, I think that this is the most effective uh, weapon that we have against Hamas. Uh, targeted killings of the leaders of Hamas, of the, uh, those who give the orders for the terror attacks and Israel, uh, the, the political echelon uh, thinks that this will bring more escalation. But uh, I think uh, that this is the most effective method. We don't have anything more than that. I have a question here from Khairi. Uh, do you think that ISIS represents a threat to Israel or are there any other Islamist groups outside of Israel that represent a threat directly to Israel? I don't think so. Uh, we have an experience with ISIS. We have uh, an ISIS branch in the north of Sinai, uh, very close to, to us. And they are uh, mostly focused on uh, the Egyptian army and on, they're not uh, focused on Israel. So I think uh, ISIS in Afghanistan, uh, what we call the Khorasan uh, branch is the, now busy with the uh, United States and uh, its allies. And uh, I don't think that they are a threat right now to Israel, but uh, you can never know with the, this uh, terror organization, they might unite in the future and even carry out mutual attacks because as I said, this is the same ideology. Uh, so uh, we have to take uh, uh, everything in account. I have a question from Liz Wagner. Um, do you believe, do you see any signs that the US government understands uh, what's going on, the Islamic movement for political power in the, around the world, including Gaza? Uh, and is it growing to a serious global military threat? I think that uh, the CIA knows uh, very well the, the picture, the, the intelligence picture. Uh, the head of the CIA, uh, William Burns, is a very experienced diplomat and he has a lot of experience in the Middle East. And he was here in, uh, on a visit uh, in the Middle East. He also, of course, uh, visited Israel. He hey, met with the head of the Israeli Mossad. The chief of staff, uh, the prime minister, and uh, he he heard the uh, 
all the important details, and I think the United States know the, the picture very well. I have another question. What do you, how do you see the Egyptian role in finding a solution uh, to the Gaza issue? Uh, the Egyptians, uh, they are, of course, uh, acting from their own interest because uh, uh, Gaza uh, Strip is very important for the national uh, uh, security of Egypt. Uh, because it's so close to, to Egypt, there's a border with Egypt. And also, uh, up to uh, a few years ago, uh, Hamas was working with ISIS in the north of Sinai and with the military branch of the Muslim Brotherhood, uh, cooperating in ter terror attacks to topple the uh, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi regime. Uh, so uh, the um, Egyptian intelligence, they uh, managed to separate Hamas from ISIS and from the Muslim Brotherhood. Um, uh, they made a deal with them to open the Rafah passage permanently in exchange for uh, their stopping uh, cooperating with ISIS and the, the Muslim Brotherhood. And uh, there's some sort of a truce between uh, Egypt and Hamas now. And uh, Egypt is very worried about the situation in uh, the internal situation in Egypt itself. They know that any, any problem uh, that happens in Gaza for more than 2 million Palestinians that live there, uh, it immediately affects the, the, the internal situation in Egypt. So they are afraid that the Egyptian people will rise against uh, uh, Abdel Fattah al-Sisi if he doesn't support the position of Hamas. Uh, but they know exactly that uh, uh, Hamas is part of the uh, Muslim Brotherhood movement. Uh, the Muslim uh, Brotherhood movement in Egypt is a terror movement. And uh, they know exactly what Hamas is doing. And, uh, but they're trying to mediate between Israel and Hamas uh, for the main purpose of keep, keeping quiet in Egypt itself. This is the main purpose. Uh, with following on from that, we have a question from Arthur Cordell. <clears throat> Would it be good to have Egypt take over Gaza again? Uh, you, you said that your preference is for the Palestinian Authority, but would another option be Egypt? This is we are, this we are talking. Question. We are talking about uh, 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 options that are then can be imply, uh, implemented on the ground. You know, Egypt. You know, uh, uh, Prime Minister Begin, he tried uh, to sell Egypt again back to Anwar Sadat in the uh, peace agreement of Kim David. But uh, Anwar Sadat refused to take control over Egypt again. Nobody wants Gaza. Nobody wants to control Gaza. They know that it's a very problematic uh, place and uh, they want Israel to stay, to stay stuck with Gaza in, uh, in its uh, throat. You know, nobody wants to take it. So it's not practical. We're not, this is not a practical solution. Of course, I would be thrilled if they, Egypt would agree to come and, uh, and control Gaza again, but it will never happen. Uh, another question. What are the routes by which rocket uh, making material and explosives or even the rockets themselves, how are they entering to Gaza? We're not talking about the more rudimentary rockets. We're talking about the more sophisticated. How do they get into Gaza and why is it so hard for Israel to block these routes? Uh, in the beginning, they were smuggled uh, uh, from Iran uh, to uh, Sinai and from Sinai to Gaza through the tunnels on the border. 
and the Egyptian army was not preventing it. Uh, but now we're in a situation that uh, the normal smuggling of rockets because Hamas have already learned how to manufacture these uh, missiles and rockets uh, itself. So the factories, they, know, they don't need to smuggle. They know the technology and now they are doing it themselves in Gaza. So there's no need to smuggle. Even the most uh, sophisticated rockets? Even the most uh, sophisticated rockets. Homemade. Yes, they Working have engineers. They have engineers and uh, uh, they have the technology already from Iran, so they can manufacture it in, themselves in Gaza. This is why uh, I said, this is why I said that we have to occupy uh, Gaza and, uh, and uh, destroy these infrastructures. As you said earlier, that you think the most likely or preferable situation after Israel reoccupies the Gaza Strip is to hand it over to the PA with uh, Abu Mazen, uh, with the Palestinian president, uh, Mahmoud Abbas, uh, weakened, old, perhaps even ill, according to some reports. Uh, what do you see at the longevity of his rule? Who will potentially come next, or even if not necessary to give us a name, what kind of leader will come next? And how will they, will they oppose Hamas? Will they look to work with Hamas? What do you see the situation in the coming years? Because it's clear Mahmoud Abbas won't be around forever. Definitely, Mahmoud Abbas is uh, almost 86 years old. He has uh, heart problems. He, he says uh, to everybody, anyone who asks him, he says that he has good uh, genes in his family and he will live until 100 years old. Uh, but of course, uh, this is uh, maybe a joke. It will not stay for, more, for long. Uh, uh, there are a lot of uh, rivalries inside the Fatah movement who will succeed. Uh, Mahmoud Abbas, there's no, uh, there's no, uh, there are a few uh, personalities who are, uh, can be, can replace uh, Mahmoud Abbas, but what we'll have to have is elections uh, for the presidency, Palestinian presidency, and then um, uh, whoever will be elected will uh, uh, be the president, but definitely uh, uh, Fatah and the Hamas do not get along. They will not. They, they are two like two parallel lines that do not meet, and uh, there is a, a strong uh, hostility between Fatah and Hamas. And uh, uh, the only partner that we can have is, is Fatah, no, definitely not Hamas. Uh, so you think any leader, regardless of who it is, will be a direct opponent to Hamas, or not be any more yes. <clears throat> any closer to Hamas? Will uh, all this? sort of uh, talk of, you know, peace and hudna between the two will just continue. You know, it since, won't turn uh, into anything more practical. Since 2007, uh, when Hamas uh, made a coup d'etat and uh, took over the Gaza Strip and uh, actually expelled the, the PA uh, from Gaza, uh, there were, I think, like between 15 to 20 agreements between Fatah and Hamas uh, for truce, uh, reconciliation, uh, peace, whatever you call it. And uh, none of these uh, agreements survive. Uh, the hatred uh, is big, uh, enormous between Hamas and Fatah, and there's no chance that they will make any recon reconciliation. Thank you. And uh, last question, it's a little bit uh, further afield, but um, I'd like to talk <coughs> or hear your views on UNRWA's role in Gaza, and is there any 
point in reforming UNRWA? What can, how can UNRWA play a role, if at all, uh, in how you see Gaza in the future, if Israel takes some of these steps that you've recommended? Look, uh, UNRWA is part of the UN. We, of course, if, we, if Israel reoccupies Gaza, UNRWA will stay. Uh, but of course, we have to make reforms in UNRWA. President Trump uh, tried to do a few things regarding UNRWA. Uh, Israel has a lot of complaints about UNRWA. Um, uh, some of its employees are uh, collaborating with Hamas. Uh, you know, these uh, stories are not new. They've been in the been published in the press, uh, but uh, the bottom line is uh, that they are an international body, part of the United Nations, and Israel will have uh, to cooperate with UNRWA if uh, if uh, it reoccupies the Gaza Strip. Thank you. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say thank you very much, Yoni, uh, for a lucid and informative talk. Uh, we've come to the close of our webinar today. Thank you again, Yoni. Uh, for joining Thank us you. today, for taking uh, time out. For our viewers and listeners, please join us at Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern uh, time for an update from me uh, on our weekly Israel uh, Insider webinar, where I'll be giving you an update on everything that's going on in politics, diplomacy uh, in Israel. Thank you all for joining us, and I hope you have a wonderful day, evening, wherever you are. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you, Ashton.